Hey there, it's Yale Hollander, your podcast dad, and today is Take Your Listener to Work Day on the Impolite Coffee Break Podcast. That's right, I am uh, recording this on Thursday morning, the 11th of July, 2019. Uh, Ordinarily, we record this show on Wednesday mornings down at uh, Midcoast Media Studios. Uh, However, we had a few technical difficulties yesterday, so we were unable to do that. So in lieu of uh, just foregoing a show this week, I decided to get up super early, come into my day job office uh, full hour and a half before the rest of my uh, fellow co-workers get here uh, and record a podcast. Why do I do that? Because I care. I care about you, the listener. And you know who else cares about you, the listener? Our wonderful sponsors. We have Taco Circus. Taco Circus, no longer at 4258 Schiller. Matter of fact, right now they are in the process of moving to their new digs on Southwest Avenue on the Hill. Uh, They are currently not open, but they will be open soon. Again, they're headed to Southwest Avenue. Uh, Follow them on Facebook and you can get all the updates and you can see the pictures and everything that's going on as they build a bigger and even better Taco Circus. Hard as it may be to imagine better. I am assured that it is going to be even better than before. We are also sponsored by the Fortune Teller Bar. The Fortune Teller Bar is staying right where they've been, 2635 Cherokee. Uh, You can get food there uh, every night except Tuesday nights uh, from Spice of Life. That's the name of the uh, restaurant that's providing food there. You can, of course, get craft cocktails there. They have a bitters lab right there in the bar uh, where they concoct their own uh, magical elixirs that they can put into your beverage, or perhaps you like an elixir-free beverage. They've got those as well. They also, of course, have people there who are ready to tell your fortune. They can uh, read palms. They can read tea leaves. Uh, They might even be able to read the bumps on cattle entrails. Um, It's possible. I'm not saying it hasn't happened. I'm not saying it's incapable of happening. All I'm saying is that some people consider that a means of soothsaying, and you're never going to find out whether it's something they can do unless you ask. I mean, I would think if they are operating a uh, uh, food service uh, operation out of their out of their uh, establishment, uh, perhaps there are some organ meats laying around that might um, help you uh, guide your own future. And then again, maybe not. And then over in Maplewood, of course, we have the Crow's Nest. The Crow's Nest at 7336 Manchester, providing you with superlative food and beverage. Head over there Wednesday evenings at 1030 and catch Wild Card Comedy with our good friend J.C. Sabala and our audio landlord Chris Sear and occasionally our good friend Quentin Wilbert. They host that show all kinds of comedians from all around, not just St. Louis, but we have touring comics will pop in because it is uh, a a ridiculous uh, and challenging show, one that you, the comedy fan, uh, do not want to miss. See some of your favorite local comics in an almost entirely different light or see them do their regular stuff. Really, it's kind of a free-for-all. You will have a great time, and all that can be found at the Crow's Nest 
73-36 Manchester. So, my friends, it has been a minute. Um, I have been um, doing a little bit of traveling and had a couple of other things going on that has uh, gotten in the way of my ability to provide you with this quality podcast on a weekly basis. But I think we're pretty much um, out of the weeds, at least for a while with that. So uh, we should be back to a weekly schedule with that. I know uh, my good buddy Sam Lyons, who hosts the Lions Den, um, he went through uh, a bit of a sabbatical, I guess you could say, but now he's back on track. I hope that you all are listening to his shows uh, that drop on Mondays. And then, of course, our very good friend and uh, benevolent audio landlord, Chris Sear, with the regular Impolite Company show, uh, delivered intermittently, but mostly weekly uh, as well, sometimes even twice a week. So uh, please, by all means, tune in to those shows wherever all of your finer podcasts are available. So, yeah, I've been traveling. Uh, I just got back from from London. I say just got back. It's been two weeks. <laughs> but but uh, in any event, I uh, had uh, a great time over there. It was uh, primarily a day job trip because I'm not uh, the kind of guy who is uh, swinging the kind of cash around that will allow me just to... Uh, take off for London for four or five days, uh, two or three times a year. No, it is it is part of the old day job. But of course, uh, it's not 24 hours of day job when I'm over there. I do uh, get out and around, get to see some sights here and there. Uh, but most importantly... I get to do some comedy while I'm over there, and that is that is always fun to see how some of the stuff that plays pretty well over here, to see how it does over there, to learn how uh, folks in not just other cities, but in entirely different countries, dare I say continents, or at least islands off of continents to which they are at least currently politically affiliated, soon to change more than likely, and then again, maybe not. But I digress. It's always fun to go somewhere else and see how uh, comics go about their business, to see how comedy producers put their shows together, to see how audiences react and all of that. So I have had the good fortune the last few times I've gone over there um, to get to know a couple of showrunners over there, and they have been kind enough to put me on their shows. I expanded that a little bit this time uh, through a friend of a friend of a friend. Um, I was able to uh, get on a, a show that's new to me. It's certainly not new uh, to, to Great Britain. It's it's uh, one of their uh, more popular homegrown shows, uh, an outfit called uh, Angel Comedy. They run a couple of um, different shows in a couple of different clubs. Uh, the one I got to do uh, was at the Camden Head Pub, which, uh, interestingly enough, there are two of them in London. One of them is actually in uh, the... I I guess village or borough or shire or whatever of camden so uh i show up there and sure enough uh camden head pub big sign says camden comedy club i go in i tell the bartender yes i'm here for the comedy show they're like that's great it's it's upstairs i head upstairs and i'm like 
I'm here. I'm Yale Hollander. I'm supposed to be doing uh, uh, a tight five uh, on your show tonight. And they're like, we don't have you down. And then they say, are you looking for angel comedy at Camden Head Pub? And I said, yes, I am. And they said, oh, this is the other Camden Head Pub. The Camden Head Pub that you are looking for is not in Camden. It's actually in Angel, hence the name Angel Comedy. I just thought that it was some sort of a, a, a cute and clever name. But no, apparently it's a geographical reference. So back on the underground I go, which is the beauty part of doing anything in London, is that you're usually never more than uh, a 10-minute walk away from the next subway station that can get you just about anywhere you want to go in the London metropolitan area if you're patient enough to make all the transfers and watch all the stops. So it took me about a 15-minute train ride, uh, actually two different train rides, but in any event, it took me about 15 minutes to get from the wrong Camden Head to the right Camden head where uh, I was welcomed by the appropriate people. They put about a hundred people into this upstairs room. Most of the most of the uh, pubs over there have uh, two or three levels. The uh, downstairs is where the bar is and that's where you get your drinks and eat your food and, and uh, do all the things that you would ordinarily do in the pub. And then the upstairs is where they have like what you would that are meeting rooms. Not unlike, I guess, the, the the setup in colonial America, since they were basically just exporting the things that they already knew how to do in London. And uh, that's essentially where our uh, revolution, uh, the War of Independence, was all plotted out and stuff like that was in one of these upstairs rooms. But uh, on this particular night, it was a comedy show in the motherland. And uh, yeah, they jammed like a hundred people into this room. It was uh, a very intimate affair, to say the least. But it was great. The green room, you know, the room, uh, kind of the the holding cell, so to speak, for the comics waiting to get on, uh, was for all intents and purposes an indoor fire escape. Uh, so it was a little bit intimate back there. Fortunately, uh, there was air circulation. It was a little bit muggy uh, over in London this time. I mean, it's always humid over there, but at least it's usually cool. This time, the temperature was in the in the 70s and, and 80s over there, and that's Fahrenheit, not Celsius, because I still haven't figured out how to do that conversion yet. And I certainly don't expect you to know how to do it either. So that was uh, that was a good show. Uh, my I did five minutes over there. It was very well received uh, uh, by both my fellow comics uh, and the audience. So uh, got some good audio out of it and uh, really enjoyed that. So and it was fun, of course, getting to see and meet the other comics and and all of that. And then. Um, I did another show a few nights later um, through a friend. I can call him a friend now. We've we've hung out uh, a, f- a few times now uh, on his on his pub show. Uh, a guy named Jonathan Hearn, uh, who runs a an outfit called Jester Jesters. And on Wednesday nights, he has the Jester Jesters presents Raconteurs comedy night and this is at a pub up in archway which is uh in the north north central i guess you could say um outskirts of london uh, in a community called archway it's a charming little village um and they have this oaken pastor pub uh which is set up just like the 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 uh, 
Camden uh, Head Comedy Club in, in Angel as well, where you've got the main floor and then you've got the upstairs, and that's where the comedy happens. And uh, this one, um, not as crowded, let's just say. Um, you know, uh, not nearly a hundred people there, but a, a good room, um, nonetheless. Uh, no green room or anything like that. So uh, all the comics just kind of either hang out on a couch over to the side or hang out in the back of the room and uh, watch and support each other. So uh, uh, Jonathan, uh, being somewhat more familiar uh, with my material, uh, was generous enough to give me uh, a 10-minute spot on that show. So that was that was quite an honor for me. Uh, I really, uh, uh, you know, leaned into that one, uh, had a had a great set, uh, got some good audio out of that, got some good feedback from some of the fellow comics. And the way it the way it works over there for most of these shows, because the performance space is physically removed from the alcohol space, and because they don't have wait staff that come upstairs to uh, cocktail or bus, uh, they have intermissions. So the front half of the show was the showcase, and then the back half of the show was uh, a turned out to be about an hour set from a comedian named Daniel Muggleton. He is uh, uh, an Aussie-born comedian who uh, resides now in the UK, uh, and he's getting ready for Edinburgh Fringe. Now, for those of you who listen to the show on a frequent basis, you will recall that we had Molly Ambergie on a couple of months ago, and she was talking about a show that she's producing that's going to be in the St. Louis Fringe Festival. Uh, so you're a little bit uh, already... Uh, You've already been educated a little bit on what a fringe festival is. And this one is um, very popular among stand-up comedians. I know some Americans who have gone over there. Uh, Jessica Michelle Singleton, a friend of mine from Los Angeles, uh, she went over last year. She didn't do a stand-up show, so to speak. It was more of a, uh, a kind of a Spalding grayish uh, monologue type thing called Codependent Arising. Uh, she did bring it back over to the U.S. and she does perform it occasionally. Uh, some of, uh, some of the venues, uh, particularly out in LA. Uh, but, uh, a lot of these local comedy shows in the London area will have a separate, um, set. You know, either the first set or the second set where they will allow these comics that are heading to Edinburgh to run through their fringe programs, get audience feedback, uh, try some new things, some tweaks and stuff like that. So it's kind of like a workshop uh, slash laboratory thing just to see how material works in front of a live audience uh, that hasn't, you know, been uh, impaneled. I guess you could say not a focus group, so to speak, uh, but uh, actual actual comedy fans looking for actual comedy. So uh, uh, Daniel Muggleton uh, was the uh, featured uh, fringe preview performer that night, um, and it, it was an interesting it was an interesting evening. I mean, he's very good. He is very funny, but because this is a British pub, it was populated by. Uh, British drunks, <laughs> so to speak. There was there was uh, a uh, a pack of uh, three or four older guys, and keep in mind, I, I'm 51 years old. So when I say older guys, I mean older guys uh, that were well into their cups, shall we say? Uh, and it wasn't so much that they were heckling. I mean, it's but it's the worst kind of heckling. It's the kind where they're actually getting on and getting along with the show. 
and they feel like they need to uh, verbally validate uh, what's being said or they feel like uh, this is really a dialogue as opposed to a monologue. So it it got a little sticky there for a while and again it's it's the comics dilemma i mean you want to of course be grateful for the fact that somebody finds your your humor uh finds your routine whatever you want to call it uh engaging enough to be uh that attentive to it but at the same point in time uh, you've got content to deliver and this greatly interferes with it so he did a pretty good job i mean it got a little it got a little rough there for a while where you could see that he was losing his patience but for for the most part i thought that uh, that he did very well with it fortunately those guys were not around uh, for my set. Uh, they kind of stumbled in a little bit late, and it's obvious that they had done uh, a more than adequate job in pre-gaming for uh, that particular part of the program. So, again, that was a lot of fun. Got to um, uh, see some new comics at that show that I had not seen before. Uh, one comic in particular, her name is Jenny Samuels, uh, was really tremendous. I mean, for those of you who are familiar with with St. Louis comedy, um, think of her as kind of a, a combination between uh, Angela Smith and Meredith Hopping. Um, just kind of very, very pleasant, but very funny. And some of the things uh, that come came out of her mouth, uh, you would not expect uh, to come out of the mouth of somebody so pleasant. And I was really impressed, and we got to talking uh, after the show. And that's when I found out that she had been doing comedy for a grand total of two months. <laughs> And it's like, okay, I've been at this for three years. She's been at it for two months, and she's a lot better than I am. So, uh, you know, maybe that's a name that you will hear from uh, later on uh, if uh, if she comes across the pond and, and starts getting gigs over here. Because if this is what she's like at two months, if she sticks with it, uh, we're going to be hearing from her. So just keep that in mind. Jenny Samuels, you heard it here first. Uh, let's see, what else do we have about the London trip? Well, I kind of talked about, I kind of talked about the fact that it's a little bit different doing shows over there because of the format, because of the rooms, uh, and things like that. But, uh, you know, and again, uh, you know, they also split their shows up. Uh, into sections, sometimes two, sometimes three, so that you can go and, and get your drinks and come back, support the pub, and then come back. But the remarkable thing about that is that, you know, we tend not to do these things over in the States because, number one, usually there's some sort of, of uh, wait staff uh, that will shuttle drinks uh, to your tables and whatnot, uh, or at least the bar is within... Uh, approximate reach of where you're sitting but people actually follow the rules over there uh perhaps not so much as far as um live feedback goes but people come back you know i the 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 you know i i have uh done shows at venues where it has been suggested to me that we do have an intermission so that people can go to the bar and so that they don't have to send a cocktail uh server uh into the showroom itself and 
Uh, I've always, you know, when I've kind of shopped that idea around to other comics, they've always been very skittish about it because the concern is that you're not going to get people back in time. Either the bar is not going to be able to service the drinks in time or people are going to hang out in the other room and converse. And then you're going to have a really hard time restarting the show, getting everybody back quiet and attentive again. Pardon me, I had to break for a drink. That's not the case over there. They go, they get their drinks, uh, they exchange pleasantries, they come back down, they sit in their seats, and they shut the hell up, and they're ready to go uh, when the lights go down again. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't think we'll ever see anything like that uh, catch on, at least in the St. Louis area. But, you know, when in Rome, or in this case, when in occupied by a city that was occupied by Rome uh, several centuries ago, uh, do as the former occupied by Romans do. Another thing over there is that it just seems like the comics operating out of the UK are just wizards at crowd work. Um, I am not a big crowd work guy. Uh, my brain just doesn't work that fast. I like to have more um, processed, worked out material, less spontaneity, um, less reactive, more predictable. Um, I'm sure a lot of that has to do with just my uh, anxieties in general that uh, I, I don't like the unpredictable. I don't like uh, surprises or anything like that. But man, UK comics know how to work a crowd. And there is one in particular. His name is Nico Yearwood. Uh, he is actually formerly from Barbados, but he is uh, living in London now. He is uh, a pretty frequent uh, host and MC at the Top Secret Comedy Club, which is probably one of the two or three biggest comedy clubs uh, in all of the UK, but certainly in London. And the guy just knows he's like a dilettante, uh, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean the guy knows a little bit about just about every subject, and and he initiates the crowd work. I mean he'll point people out in the in the audience and uh, initiate conversations, you know, during his set, between sets, whatnot. And and you know the the night that I I sat in at uh, at Top Secret, he talked to an accountant. And knew all the terminology and the certification exams and all that stuff. He then talked to somebody who was a teacher and was able to talk the talk uh, with respect to that and got into some educational issues. Uh, and then he talked to an unemployed art student and was conversant with her as well. So that and and these people, I, I cannot imagine that these people were plants and that he was prepared for this. Uh, it was just too spontaneous, too organic. So that was that was very cool. You know, again, the, these are the kinds of uh, different uh, cultural and regional nuances that you see. But for whatever reason, man, British comics are ready to talk with an audience and not just talk to an audience, and that that just impressed me uh, to no end. So that's, uh, I think, pretty much all I wanted to say about uh, visiting uh, visiting the UK. Let's see here. Yes. Yes, that, that would be it. So now we'll talk about things going on closer to home uh, in the 
comedy business. Um, I competed in the Helium's Funniest Person competition uh, this year. This is the third year in a row that I have done that competition. This is the third year in a row that I have not made it out of the first round. Uh, I'm not even mad about it. I mean... I, f- I feel like I had a great set. Uh, I got a great video out of it. Uh, it was very nice. Helium uh, worked in tandem with a couple of different guys that were uh, recording videos, uh, professionally produced uh, videos. So I got a, a solid five-minute set on video, uh, very well produced. The sound is good. The video quality is good. Everything about it uh, is going to be very helpful as I submit for festivals and, and go for bookings and things like that. So I got a tremendous amount of value about my evening of competition there. Uh, I did not advance. The way most comedy competitions work, at least in the first round, is that it's based upon an audience vote. So the more people that you bring out, the better your chances are of advancing because you're going to get you know your entire crew, unless they really hate you or are uh, moral, honest, and ethical to a fault, they're going to vote you first and they're going to vote the next funniest people uh, low down on the list because they consider you to be a threat. At least that's what I continue to tell myself every year uh, as I go home uh, in the first round knowing that uh, my year of competition is once again over but uh, uh, so uh, fortunately there there were some some really really good established local comics uh, that did make it through there were a couple that it was it was fairly clear that they got in uh, or they at least passed uh, because they brought a lot of people but even they even they were good. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be all pissy and bitter about it and say they didn't deserve to move on. I think they did, you know, and and clearly they got enough of the rest of the room uh, to, to vote for them that they had enough points to move on. So uh, congratulations to everybody that moved on. And actually, uh, as we are recording this, um, the first of two semifinals uh, has been completed. And uh, uh, congratulations go out to Will O'Donnell and Ronaldo Mercado uh, and Spencer Whipple from Bloomington, Indiana. And there was a fourth one that advanced. Oh, uh, what did I say? I said Will O'Donnell. Yes, I said Will O'Donnell. said uh, Ronaldo. I said, well, it'll come to me and I will congratulate them separately. But uh, that was, uh, it, was a, it was a good night. There were some... Uh, surprises as far as people who had solid sets who did not advance uh chris sear uh had a great set uh but uh, didn't get the votes lucas hinderleiter killed uh he uh he didn't move on either so uh that was that was unfortunate but um you know, that's what happens. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, you have an off night. Sometimes, you know, you draw some some judges that maybe don't particularly uh, find, you know, your humor engaging or whatever. Uh, and sometimes, you know, uh, somebody just had a better night than you. So congratulations to everybody who even made it to the semifinals. Um and congratulations to those who are going on to the finals. And my apologies 
to the fourth person who made it out of that semifinal that uh, I have I have forgotten, and I would love to say that I'll just sit here and look it up on my phone uh, while I uh, hem and haw and do other things to make you think that uh, I'm busy, but I really can't because I am currently uh, recording on my phone, and yes, I do have my computer up in front of me, however... I use a mechanical keyboard that sounds like this. So, I am not going to sit here and uh, do the research necessary to uh, move this thing forward because uh, it will become very annoying very quickly to you. Not that this little ridiculous impromptu monologue of mine isn't annoying enough. So, uh, it was... Getting back to my particular performance, because after all, this is about me. This is a vanity project, uh, uh, because that's just the kind of guy I am, low self-esteem. So I uh, counter that with uh, uh, projections of uh, my delusions of grandeur. Uh, but I digress. It was a it was a good night. It was a good night. I had fun. Saw some some comics I had never heard of before, and that's always that's always fun. So we'll see we'll see. Uh, if they stick around and and uh, do some other things, sometimes you have these people that kind of take off and they they move on into the semis and sometimes even the finals, and then you never hear from them again, um, which is unfortunate because you know the scene can always use uh, new blood. I mean, because we have some people that you know decide to to get out of it or they they go on break or they get tied up with things and they you know they stop doing stand up for a while. So we need to replace those people. Uh, we need to. Uh, uh, grow uh, the scene and get more people involved. Um, you know, it makes for uh, new and vibrant shows and it pushes everybody to do better. Uh, and, you know, sometimes uh, some of those folks come in and they've got connections and can open up some new shows and some new venues. Um, so, you know, the more the merrier. That's what I say. Uh, literally, and figuratively. So that's it for comedy competitions. Um, the next one at Helium is the next semifinal is on the 14th. And then I think the finals are a week after that. Uh, there will be uh, eight comics performing in the finals. So good luck to everybody there. Uh, I'll provide an update at the next show as to what's going on over there. Uh, the Funny Bone is uh, also uh, having their competition right now. Uh, they are, uh, I think they're just wrapping up the first round now so uh, they'll be moving on to the semifinals and then the finals over there as well um, a lot of great comics uh, still in the mix over there as well and uh, that should be exciting so we will of course keep you updated on what is going on with those comedy competitions because this is after all kind of a comedy talk show okay Here's the thing, you know, I'm, I'm always looking to, to tweak and to, you know, do some different things on this shows. And by the way, we will continue to have guests on the shows. Um, you know, I would like to have, uh, more guests, um, get some, some, uh, old favorites back in here you know we get ron finger in here every now and then and that's always fun i've got christian lawrence uh is coming back he's gonna talk about uh what unfortunately is going to be the final uh bare knuckle comedy show uh which just so conveniently happens to fall on their 10th 
anniversary, so uh, it'd be good to have Christian back in here again. But we're going to get some some more comics to come in here and some more guests uh, from throughout the St. Louis area. Actually, uh, doesn't necessarily just have to be about comedy. We can bring some other interesting folks in here and have a good time and and talk and things like that. The issue being that this show is generally recorded at six thirty on a Wednesday morning in Midtown, and for some people, for whatever reason, that tends to be a bit of a challenge but uh we'll work past that we'll see how this phone thing works out i mean if i'm able to to record spots or entire podcasts on this phone with some frequency and not have it sound like complete and utter shite uh then you know we'll do that as well so this is kind of an experiment we'll see how it goes but another thing that i wanted to also get into uh was as as you know um a few weeks ago i uh did a uh quote-unquote dramatic reading of Tom Junod's uh, My Father's Fashion Tips, something that I will do every every June, something that I, I have done the last couple of years. I do it on social media all the time, something I really enjoy doing. And so I've kind of decided to add uh, an occasional feature to this show called uh, The Audio Essay. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, this was, this was something that... Uh, I've been thinking about, but honestly, uh, I was inspired to do it uh, by my friend and uh, fantastic comic slash podcaster uh, slash raconteur, Liam McEnany, uh formerly of New York City, now of Los Angeles. Uh, he hosts the Tell Your Friends podcast. It is outstanding. Uh, I definitely recommend it. It's now in its sixth season, uh, so he will usually do one new show a week, and then he will drop one of the classic shows uh in the pod stream as well uh he just had one um i guess it was last week with gilbert Gottfried and lewis black on it uh, he gets all kinds of incredible guests on there but he also does uh, a lot of times on the front end of the show he'll do like an audio essay now he will play some cool jazz music in the background and it's got not really a bohemian vibe but it's it's like listening to a freaking npr show it's like listening to like a this american life type thing i mean that's that's just how well he does it and how well it's produced. And they're all, you know, essays based upon his experiences and things like that. So I thought, you know, that's that's something that I might like to try um, since, you know, I already kind of do at least one dramatic reading, uh, so to speak, a year. Uh, and I have done writing before. I mean, that's kind of how I got into comedy was uh, through some, some essays that I had written for newspapers and online magazines and things like that that had a bit of a humorous tone to it. And then, you know, people said, oh, yeah, you should try stand-up comedy and i'm like oh i did that once and it was a disaster and like oh really when did you do that and it's like, oh well, 1985 when i was 17 oh well you know you might be a little better prepared for it now so and anyway here i am uh so what i have done is uh i have uh written uh an essay uh, I wish I could play some jazz music behind it, but uh, I am just not that technologically advanced yet. And quite frankly, uh, I don't want to get sued by any record labels for trademark or copyright infringement. Uh, so because I am not into intellectual property theft, you're just going to have to listen to me uh, read this. Uh, it's like three, four pages. Um, so let's let's do an audio. Oh, my God, I dropped my phone. 
my apologies to you, the dear listener, for any uh, oral damage uh, that has been done to you. Um, please do not sue me. Uh, I have a kid starting college in a year. Okay, so here's the audio essay, people. It's, it's called A Whiskey Sour Upstairs at Ronnie's. For over 60 years, Ronnie Scott's has been the UK's preeminent jazz club, perhaps not as globally legendary as New York's Village Vanguard or Blue Note or Preservation Hall in New Orleans, but it's played host to most of the giants of the art form, and you really can't argue with a six-decade run. I started getting into jazz in college, listening to Jim Wilkie and his overnight jazz after-hours show on public radio, imagining myself sitting in the back of a smoky, dimly lit jazz club while John Coltrane played saxophone in accompaniment to Johnny Hartman's silky vocals, when in actuality I was sitting at a desk staring at a blank blue computer screen in an 8x8 cinder block bedroom in a fraternity house in the middle of Missouri. Two or three stoly gimlets in at a quarter to two on a Sunday morning, waiting for a short story to come pouring out of my increasingly foggy head, 40 hours away from the submission deadline. Fast forward 30 years. I am in London, Soho to be precise, climbing the stairs to upstairs at Ronnie's, the lounge above the big room. Sure, I could drop 30 pounds on a show downstairs in the club and sit politely for two hours, but I'm more of a lounge guy at heart. I've had a long day of work at the day job, and what I'm looking to do is relax a bit in a less structured environment, enjoy a cocktail, listen to some local jazz artists, riff on the standards, and watch people. And oh yeah, the cover is only six pounds upstairs. There's a large banquette just off the stage right, and I stake out an open spot, settle in and unwind a bit as the musicians wind into their set. It's a quartet tonight, led by the Italian expat sax man Renato D'Aiello. Led is perhaps a bit of a stretch. I mean, Renato is the one who chats up the audience between songs, but his sax is playing rather intermittently, dipping in and out of each tune and largely standing off stage left, chatting with a guy who appears to be running three different video cameras while sitting mannequin still. The crowd is as I expected it, a couple of tables of Asian businessmen with an endless parade of beers being ferried to them, some German tourists talking too loudly, an old couple holding hands near the front, a smattering of what could be Tinder dates sharing wine. It's a comfortable scene. I needed a cocktail. It being summer, I wanted a whiskey sour, something with a bit more complexity than perhaps the too easy to drink gimlets. I still enjoy three decades past college. I walk over to the bar and place my order. The bartender gets to work. This being a classy room, I fully expect to get something a step or two above a pour of rail hooch drowned in a neon green shower of artificially flavored sour mix with a couple of ice cubes plunked in and garnished with a jarred maraschino cherry and a sickly slice of orange. That expectation was indeed exceeded into ridiculous extremes. Into an oversized rocks glass went a handful of pristine ice, hefty suckers, the size of flash cubes if you remember what those things were. The liquor was next. I assumed a nice bar such as this would use a quality whiskey, but what I did not expect was for my man to pour a healthy dram of Chivas. That's right, Chivas. Chivas Regal. Chivas Regal Scotch. Whereas I was expecting some form of bourbon, a sweet foil to the tart citrus ingredients, I was instead getting scotch, smoky, 
peaty scotch. Fascinating. Next came the citrus. Freshly squeezed lemon and lime juices cut with a generous couple of splashes of simple syrup. Understandable given the absence of natural sugars that would otherwise be present in a bourbon or rye. And there you have it. A rather unconventional whiskey sour, except that wasn't it. The bartender pulled out an egg. That's right, an egg. As in the eponymous ingredient in an Egg McMuffin. He cracked it open, separated the yolk, and allowed the white to cascade into the glass. Next came nearly a minute of vigorous shaking, and then a strained pour into yet another rocks glass with another handful of fresh ice. Behold, a frothy scotch sour. Except that still wasn't it. Out came an eyedropper containing some kind of crimson-hued bitters. Five drops went near the edge of the glass, and then came the toothpick, which the bartender dragged carefully through the five red blotches. Hearts. The bartender put hearts on my cocktail, like some kind of booze-hound latte art. Finally, I was presented with my beverage. What I anticipated would be a three-minute transaction, whereby I would walk away with an amber-colored tipple turned into a nearly 10-minute quasi-theatrical ceremony that produced a frothy, peach-colored, boozy pseudo-frappé with hearts, and all of this for a mere $19 American. I was not returning to my seat with a drink that had hearts on it, so while the bartender looked away, I quickly stirred the beverage to eliminate them. But of course, all that did was incorporate the intensely tinted decoration into the drink, turning it a lovely shade of pink. I sat back down at the banquette and I did my best to make the drink vanish as quickly as I could. I'd like to think that I'm open-minded, dare I say even a progressive person, but I was not going to sit alone in a jazz club nursing a very frothy, very pink drink. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'd like to say that it was a refreshing summertime thirst quencher that went down easily amidst the smooth, cool sounds of Mr. Aiello, D.I.L.O. and company. That is indeed what I'd like to say, however. What I am compelled to say in the interest of full disclosure is that it tasted like someone marinated an old leather belt in a slightly stale pitcher of equal parts country-time lemonade and Dawn dishwashing detergent. At least the music and the atmosphere were worth the expense of the evening. At the break, I descended the stairs and headed for the closest tube station, doing my best to dodge the drizzle that had started to fall. I was literally walking through the streets of Soho in the rain, not unlike the werewolf in that Warren Zevon song. And that, my friends, is uh, an audio essay by me. Uh, Let me know what you think of it. Uh, You know how to find me. Let's do the comedy rundown, shall we? We're going to go from uh, Friday, July the 12th to Friday, July the 19th. Got a lot on the agenda. First of all, Friday, July the 12th, Humor versus Tumor, a benefit show, 8 p.m., the heavy anchor, $10 suggested donation for that. This is hosted by Tony Gardner, who is putting this show together. It is a benefit for his 10-year-old niece, Heidi Frank, who has a tumor of the pituitary gland. Um, So we definitely want to raise as much money for that brave young lady as we can. And helping in that effort will be uh, wonderful comedians, J.C. Sabala, Amber Clears, 
Sam Lyons, Jeremy Helwig and Angela Smith, uh, Jen Stuvey and her magical karaoke machine uh, will follow. It's going to be a full night, folks. That starts at 8 p.m. at the Heavy Anchor on Gravoy. $10 suggested donation. Feel free to be more generous than that. Also on Friday night, Comedy in the Lou at San Lou on Cherokee at 9 p.m. We've got Katie Hughes, Brad Sativa, and Matt Barnes on that show. Casey Paulson is your host. $5 gets you in there. Saturday, July 13th, South City Comedy Series at Apotheosis Comics on South Grand. Open mic at 7.30, showcase at 8. $5 gets you Meredith Hopping, Ron Finger, and Matthew Barnes. With special guest Pat Ryan, your host for that is Tom Brown. Also on Saturday night, the 13th of July. It's the comedy showcase at the co- uh, at the shop, at the improv shop, that is. 8.15, 12 bucks gets you in there. Some of the best headliners from around St. Louis and uh, points beyond at that show. Also at the improv shop at 8 p.m., it's the final, I cannot believe I am saying this, it is the final fatal bus accident the final installment of st louis's most popular multimedia sketch comedy show uh several publications have named it among the best if not the best comedy show in st louis and it's going away so please come and see off john venagoni striker spurlock amy milton and jeremy helwig with stand up from our dear friend libby higgins it uh, seems to me that there was a Sunday show, and I seem to have misplaced that on the list. This this is how the sausage is made, people. Nope, guess not. Just my failing memory. Monday, July the 15th, we do open mics on Mondays. There's the Improv Shop open mic at 8 o'clock. There's the Comedy Shipwreck open mic at the Heavy Anchor, hosted by Chad Wallace at 10. And then there is Third Rail Comedy at Third Rail, 5625 Manchester at 10.30. That's uh, Sam Rootbeer uh, runs that show, although I believe somebody else is hosting it this week. Um, so head on out for one of those open mics if you want to catch new material from old comics and material from new comics and everything in between if there is such an in-between. I don't have the kind of brain to process what that might be. Wednesday, July the 16th, we're still doing open mics, the wild card open mic. I talked about it earlier over at the Crow's Nest, 7336 Manchester and Maplewood at 1030. That, of course, is a free show, although feel free to eat and drink a whole bunch. Use your best judgment and moderation, but take care of the venues that are taking care of St. Louis Comics. Go catch wild card Wednesday, the 16th of July. Thursday, the 17th of July. It's free comedy Thursday at Southtown Pub. At 8 p.m., you're getting Molly Ambergie. You're getting Jimmy Day. You're getting Angela Smith, and you're getting Charlie Winfrey. Those are two of St. Louis's comedy power couples right now, so you are definitely going to want to go and catch that show, especially if they start talking shit about each other. That would be worth the price of admission, which, by the way, is free because it's free comedy Thursday. Friday, July 19th. You know what? I've got dates wrong here. It's Wednesday, July 17th, Thursday, July 18th, and now we are on to Friday, July 19th. Boy, this is going to be one for the archives, my friends. 
It's Jokes and Spokes Comedy Showcase at the Bike Stop Cafe. That's a 7 p.m. show. $5 gets you in the door for me as your host. John Venagoni is your headliner. Sarah Pearl featuring and the delightfully pleasant Aaron Porter as your special guest comic that night also it's the final installment of who's who at the night owl that's uh brendan olson's show that takes place at 9 p.m max price is your headliner for that um the night owl i guess is under new management and they have decided to go a different direction from comedy so let's um send good old brendan off uh to a new and exciting venue i am sure uh with a good show and a max price max price is the fourth comic that advanced in the semifinals at helium there you have it congratulations max i'm so sorry that i forgot you you are in fact an unforgettable individual and i love you and my wife loves you uh she had a great time uh uh watching your set last night uh which isn't last night because this is dropping on a friday and it's a podcast and you may be listening to it sometime in 2027 i don't know are we still here in 2027 do we have flying cars i'm getting back to the rundown impolite company that's right our parent show has its stand-up comedy for adults at the Crack Fox, 9.45 p.m., Friday, July 19th. Tree Sanchez is your host for that. Larry Green is featuring Susanna Lee. Susanna Lee, the wonderful comedian from Kansas City, is coming in for a headline set. And the always delightful Meredith Hopping will be your special guest comic on that show. I'll be there after Jokes and Spokes. Um, It is tradition for me to go there and for Chris Sear and I to see how many pots of coffee we can force them to make uh, in order to satisfy our ravenous appetite for late-night caffeine. It's going to be a great time. That does it for the rundown, my friends. That is also going to do it for the impolite coffee break you have been listening to me yale hollander rattle on for almost 50 minutes i think you've had enough have a great week and hopefully we'll catch you next time around